We will help you keep it running thanks to the help we receive from ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Good morning, Dan. It's nice to see you on this uh, day before Christmas Eve. Well, good to see you. Good good morning. Yeah, it's a little... it is it is kind of Christmas Eve for me today because we actually celebrate our family Christmas on the twenty third. Uh, always. Oh, you do. Yeah, we many years ago we yielded all the in law travel and and decided to start doing it on the 23rd, and it works out great. That makes sense. When the when all the grandkids were very young, uh, it was really exciting because it's their first Christmas. You know, oh, they're not yes. worn out with it yet. <laughs> so Now, do you, uh, and you have how many grandkids? Ten. Ten, of, Ten grandkids. Oh, what yeah. is your shopping list like? It's not, I don't have one. Linda did. Linda doesn't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when we were driving home from Atlanta last weekend, uh, she spent the whole night, you know, we drove overnight. That's and right. She spent the whole night. Shopping online, online, which was really handy. You know, 12, yeah. 12 or 13 straight hours of shopping, you can yeah. get a lot done. <laughs> <laughs> that could be good or it could be bad. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's fun. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, Dan, if uh, you're new to the show, Dan has been helping us out for over 20 years here on CCO, helping you out with your car care questions. If you have any issues, especially as we, you know, looking at the forecast, you and I were talking, Dan, about this below zero uh, weather coming up. That'll make some... Uh, some changes for some folks, especially around the holidays. You know, what, what can we, what can you tell our listeners to to do to be prepared? How do we get our vehicles ready for this kind of weather? Well, please do actually, please do get ready for this weather because it is hard on cars. And you know, the number one thing is make sure that your tires are full of air. I'll help you any day. We do. I mean, if you pull up to my door, I'm going to put air in your tires. But please do it. While it's still warm out. So you don't have to go outside. <laughs> yeah. Now, and the cold air, it's amazing how that can reduce the pressure. Well, it, it does reduce the pressure. It causes the seals to leak more than mm-hmm. they otherwise would leak. And, you know, you start to travel around and the gas station pumps don't work. Everything's froze up. Everything's full of moisture. So, you know, when you go to a shop like Lloyd's, uh, we have an air compressor. And in our air compressor, we have an air, we have a dryer. Ah. So... Uh, you kind of want to have your tires filled by a professional shop because uh, I'm not putting a bunch of moisture in your tires, which is which is not a good thing to do. I'm putting dry air in, which is a big that can deal. happen with some compressors. It right? does, yeah. you know, if it on the wrong day when you're when you're at those those cheapo pumps at yeah. the gas station, you're pumping moisture into your tire, and that's not a good thing. Wow! So, but this, you Who know, thought? for the cold weather, uh, make sure that your car is tuned up properly, <clears throat> that you've had the oil changed like you're supposed to. If your battery is five years old or more, go get one. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much, don't take a chance. It's it's. Uh, I think the longevity of a battery in this climate is five years, both for the hot and the cold weather. Um, and make sure your tires are are pumped up. And if you have any weird stuff that's going on with your car. In this severe cold, it just gets weirder. It does. Yeah. It's amplified. So it's it's yeah. amplified. So and don't forget yeah. about. I was just thinking too that I, I should put my money where my mouth is. Is what about emergency stuff? Blankets. Uh, you know the stuff for cold weather travel. Well, that's true too. If you're yeah. going out of town, I think you're pretty safe in in town with cell phones and so forth. Right. But but if you're going out, if you're going out on the open road, you're right. It could be a while before somebody comes along yeah. to helps you or to help you or. Nowadays, people are afraid to stop and help I know. you, you know, and, and maybe appropriately. But either way, it's it's sad, but it's true. So yeah. you kind of need to take be care. Be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. So let me, uh, Dan, let's uh, invite our listeners to join in. If you have any kind of a car care question, you want to talk with Dan. 651-989-9226. We've cleared the lines. So if you want to call in your question to Dan, by all means, 
651-989-9226. How about a text? We've got those coming in, 81807. If that's easier for you, your car care questions via text, 81807. Speaking of which, I know we have to break here, but I want to get this first text in here. A month ago, Texter says, I bought a 2008 Buick Lucerne with 55,000 miles on it. Since then, I had to replace two main sensors because it was uh, killing at the stoplights. And hmm, would like to... Okay, this is jumping around here. I'm not sure about uh, where this is going. Okay, so it's all three. Uh, and, uh, and random driving. Now the check engine light is on. A code reader says that it's the catalytic converter. How long can I drive before I need to get a new one? Would like to drive it to see the grandkids for Christmas. <laughs> well, uh, you probably will be okay. <clears throat> the cat, what the, it's PO420, which is the code for a catalytic converter efficiency, and it, it's very common. The catalytic converter is a metallic device in your exhaust. It's a, it's a honeycomb-looking thing that the exhaust goes through, and it kind of it, it's kind of like the final burner of your exhaust system to be sure that what's coming out of the tailpipe is is clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, it, it's important for the environment, not quite so important for the running of your car, unless uh, if, if the catalytic converter has been overused by, for, by, say, for example, you have a misfire and it's pumping raw fuel into your exhaust, the catalytic converter will, in fact, overheat and uh, melt down. Wow. And then you've got this big blob of metal in your exhaust that exhaust is supposed to be flowing through, and it doesn't any longer. It's, uh, it's plugged. It, it'll actually cause the exhaust to be plugged, and then you, have no, then you have no power. So not to scare you, but that's, the, that's kind of a worst-case scenario. That what, that's what can happen. It's not common, but it does happen. Normally, when you have that PO420, the, the catalytic converter is just no longer efficient. It's not doing its job, but it's not going to call the, cause the car to stall. Pretty much if the car is running okay, uh, you'll be just fine. And you said in the past, Dan, that replacing a catalytic converter is not a cheap one. They're expensive. They're, they're, uh, the, the old ones are of value. I mean, the, the, metal, the scrap metal guys buy them from mm. us, so there, there is a little bit of, not much, but there's a little bit of value to them uh, because of the metal, the precious metals that are in there. And uh, hmm. so, they're, so they're very expensive to buy when they're new. Dan, we have to take a break. I want to alert Don in St. Paul. You're going to be first up here on the phone. There is a line open if you want to call in your car care question, 651-989-9226. So send a text, and we'll get back to that screen, too, in a moment. That number is 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to this uh, portion of our car care show on CCO. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, which is located, I know where it is. It's a gorgeous spot uh, on Grand Avenue. It is on Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. We're at 982 Grand Avenue. And uh, Grand Avenue is beautiful this time of year with all the lights and the short days, and Great although, although they're getting longer, did you notice yeah, yesterday that's right. the day was longer? <laughs> About two seconds, yeah. Every day, that's a that's yeah. a positive, yeah. Or you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call. Uh, we won't be open again until Tuesday. We're closed for the long weekend. Holiday, but, sure. Uh, 651-228-1313. 
1-6. Very good. I know my daughter Tina was just there getting... Uh, I missed her. I'm sad about that. I like well, to see her, but... Well, she uh, she got her oil changed and uh, found a, a bulb. You guys always check that, don't you? We do. Yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, there's A bad bulb. <laughs> bulbs are... They're very, very important on our cars, yeah. and... Uh, you know, as a as a installer of bulbs, they're they're oftentimes really difficult. To Are put they in. really? Yeah, and uh, but it's one of those things you just have to do Gotta for do people because it. uh, it's important. All right, let's put you back to work here. Don in St. Paul has been waiting. Don, thank you. What's your question for Dan? Hi, Don. Oh, hold on. You talk a little bit. I think Dennis forgot something. Oh, well, you can uh, scoot scoot around there and. Switch the uh, things the way they're supposed to be. Then we'll get then we'll get the phone back the way we need it. Okay. There is Don. There's Don. What is your question, Don? Oh, hi. Good morning, guys. Morning. I enjoy your show every Saturday. Thank you. Yeah. What I'd like to ask uh, Dan about is uh, driving your vehicle in the winter time now with something on the front end of your car to help protect from the cold air coming onto your radiator and engine, like we're taking a trip with northern Minnesota. The next few days going to be pretty cold up there. So I'd like his advice about putting up some kind of a wind retardant in the front of your car. Yeah, I don't like it um, because you don't have you don't have any control over it. Uh, I, I the the car is built with a, the thermostat and the cooling fans and all of that to to operate without. Uh, any cardboard in front, and I don't like. I'm I'm just not comfortable with doing something to the car that the car itself can't keep track of anymore. The computers are pretty smart. So uh, I think that if you just let your thermostat work the way that it's supposed to, uh, it'll be fine. The risk of putting a piece of cardboard in front is that uh, the car can actually overheat. Uh And uh, if you don't catch that quickly enough or, you know, if you don't have a gauge and you wait for the uh, light to come on, Oftentimes, by the time the the overheating light comes on, it's uh, it's late in the process, and it may have done some damage to your car. So I don't I don't think it's worth the risk that is involved uh, by by uh, by that. putting it in, and it could just cause problems that you don't want to have. Okay, Don, there's your advice. I saw a text a couple of days ago here on CCO Dan, somebody who said I took my uh, my car was overheating, and I took it into a shop. And they fixed it in two seconds. They took the Christmas wreath off the front of the car. Well, that, see, that's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. <clears throat> now, that being said, I have put cardboard in front of my radiator. Uh-huh. <clears throat> because my... Secret is out. <clears throat> well, I didn't have any money when I was a kid oh, in sure. college, and I couldn't afford a thermostat, and, and uh, it was too cold outside. I didn't want to bother with it. So if you put a piece of cardboard over a portion of the radiator, it works as a thermostat. The car runs just a little bit warmer. And I, then I got heat inside the car, which was important too. But, uh, so I've done it, but I'm not saying that. It's a, it's a trick that people do, but, but I, I can't professionally recommend it. It's Very not good. a good idea. All right. Shirley is calling from Shakopee with a question. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning and Merry Christmas. And to you. I, um, my son-in-law has a 2004 Buick Rendezvous. There's over 100,000 miles. I'm not sure exactly. But the head gasket is out on it, and we're wondering if it's worth repairing or if it's time to just get rid of it. <laughs> you know, first of all, 100,000 miles or anywhere near 100,000 miles isn't very many miles on a car nowadays. And <clears throat> when I give somebody a big estimate on a car like 
what that would be. I'm sure that's going to be thousands of dollars. Uh, people say, well, what do you think? Should I do it? And my recommendation is, well, go see what new cars cost, That you know, see what you think about that, and then uh, come back and talk to me. And nine times out of 10, they come back and say, I think we'll just fix the old one. That sounds a lot cheaper. And you're right, 100,000 <laughs> miles these days yeah. in a relatively new, a newer car isn't that much no. at all. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's uh, on an old four, that's got a lot of life left in yeah. it. If, if you don't fix it, someone else will. Right. Uh, now, that's, of course, unless the car is, is, is all crashed up and is rusty and has all sorts of other problems, then maybe this is the final straw. But, but uh, generally speaking, if the car is in good shape, uh, a head gasket is not a reason to scrap it. All right, there you go, Shirley. Merry Christmas to you again. Thank you for the call. And uh, Shirley leaves that line open if you uh, want to fill it with your car care questions. 651-989-9226. Text, and we'll get back to that, is uh, 81807. If that's easier for you, 81807. Keep in mind, Dan will be here only for about another 15 minutes. So uh, if you do have a car care question, don't wait. Call it in or text it in. And we'll field it for you. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. We'll get you a phone number for him before he leaves us today. Dan, we have callers, we have texters. So I know you have to leave here in a little bit. So let's help more folks here on this holiday weekend. Uh, Marin in Minneapolis is next up here. Good morning. What is your question for Dan? Oh, good morning. Um, I have a car with 181,000 miles. It's a Honda Civic, and it it does some jerking. It's been doing this. Uh, it makes a jerking and kind of a, not a big jerking, but a clunking when it switches gears. About a year it's been doing this. So um, is, it, is it really worth driving it forever? Should I? You know, consider getting a different car now. No, well, it has no horn, no oxygen sensor. <laughs> Main thing is uh, the transmission, which, you know, I know that's what keeps your car right. the best going. So, you know what I think I would do if I was you is, is I, don't, I don't know where your shop is or who your shop is, but I would take it in and ask their opinion. At the, vo- at the very most, uh, ask them to do what we would call a used vehicle inspection. If you were thinking about buying the car, what does the car, uh, what does the car need and what parts of what it needs are dangerous and what parts of what it needs can you just live with forever? Cause yeah. it sounds like it's on its last leg, it does, yeah. but have somebody have a professional do an inspection on the car and give you the facts. And then when you have all the facts, in fact, they'll come up and tell you, you should just get rid of this car. Cause, yeah. Or they'll tell you, no, this is still a great car. It needs a couple little things that you should take care of, and uh, and you can drive it for a long time again. But but at any rate, I think if you took it in, got a professional uh, analysis, and and uh, then you ha- have all the data to make a good decision with. Um, I c- but I can't tell you without driving the car, without seeing the car. Yeah. I have no idea what what the value of so it is. Get a is. professional. Get a professional look at it, and I think that uh, then you'll know what to do. Very good. Uh, let's see. Roger and Blaine, I think, is next up here. Then we'll look at some text messages. Roger, good morning. What's your question, please? Yes. I have a Chevrolet diesel pickup truck, and I'm going to store it for four months, and I'm wondering what to do with the batteries. It's got dual batteries in it. Well, don't let them freeze. Right. Uh, you have two choices. One is to put a put a you know a little trickle charger on them, 
and keep them charged up. If, if they're charged up, they will not freeze. Or uh, if you're handy enough to remove them from the vehicle, remove them from, a, from the vehicle, uh, store them in an open space. Don't put them in a closet uh, because they do put off a, a small amount of a poisonous gas or a, of an explosive gas that could, that could uh, cause problems. But, but store them in an open area that won't freeze, and, uh, and then they'll be fine also. But uh, but just don't let them go dead and freeze uh, out in the weather. That will ruin them. That'll be done. Yeah, That'll be then, the end then they'll that, be done. Yeah. All right, Roger. Thank you. Uh, texter wants to know. Uh, please explain overdrive on and off that switch. Overdrive on and off. What does that mean? Well, depending upon how many gears you have in your transmission, uh, overdrive is the last one, and uh, it's it, under normal driving conditions. If you're cruising along. The highway on level ground. If your car's in overdrive, that's when it's getting the that that's the the most efficient, but it has the least amount of power. So if you're going up a hill or you're towing something or you ha- actually have a big load in the car, if you're if the car is full of people or or it's a truck and it's full of a, of of a load, you should switch it down so that the engine turns just a little bit faster. If it's not in overdrive. And uh, the, then the vehicle has a little bit more power. So it, it's the last gear that you have, and it, when it's in overdrive, the engine is turning at its slowest speed possible. Okay. So, All right. Thank you for that text. Uh, and Elisa has a good question because we started the show talking about cold weather. What's the best way to start a vehicle on very cold days? That's, you know, that can be, first of all, do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, d- when it when it, I mean this I don't it doesn't sound like this is going to be severe cold right uh, I think the the cold weather that we're getting is going to be just fine um, for, cars are built for this now if you have a new battery and you've changed oil properly and if and and vehicles have fuel injectors they're smart enough to know what the temperature is so if you just get in and turn the key and start the car the way you always do uh, it should be just fine so that's my answer is do what you always do. If you have trouble and it doesn't start, the one thing that you should start to do is give it a little bit of throttle. In other words, if you step on the gas, if the if you're starting the car the way that you normally would and it does not start like it always starts, stop, maybe put your foot halfway down on the throttle and try it again. By putting your foot on the throttle, you're actually not giving it more gas. You're actually giving it more air. Hmm. And if it's flooded a little bit, uh, that'll take care of that. Not like the old days with carburetor. No, yeah, you don't have to pump it twice. And, and you actually had to figure out the formula because every car was different, but uh, figure out the formula. But the final warning is if the car does not stop start and, you know, it's been, you've tried everything that you know how to do, the best thing that you can do is stop. Don't, don't continue to crank on the car. Uh, don't put charcoal underneath oh, the please. oil pan no, no, and no. don't try and do all that stuff. If the car is stuck and it's not going to go, the best thing you can do is just leave it until the weather warms up. And even if the weather warms up like in the afternoon and the sun is shining mm-hmm. on the hood, that helps. Uh, that helps. And it'll probably start then, but don't, don't keep trying it and don't keep doing tricks because you'll get it so flooded then that the uh, engine actually loses compression because there's no oil on the cylinder walls. 
Dan, the texter says this, uh, I have a 2000 Volvo S80 with 165,000 miles. Is it bad that I'm driving it and I need new brake boosters? The brakes hiss when I drive. Well, the booster is operated by engine vacuum. So, no, it's if it's working fine, if it's working fine, I think uh, you can keep doing it. The, the hissing noise that you're, that you're hearing, though, is is engine vacuum leaking. So the bigger effect is if the brakes are working fine, the bigger effect is that you're letting uh, too much air into your engine. It's, it's actually a vacuum leak, and so it's affecting the way the engine runs. So, you know, when you can afford it, you should get it fixed. You can't bypass that. You can't drive a power brake system without power brakes. They just do not work. You have to push way too hard. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <clears throat> so you need the vacuum assist that it offers. Uh, but the hissing noise, like I say, is just a vacuum leak that's happening. And if the brakes still work fine uh, in the short term, that should be okay for you. All right. Texter wants to know, what's the difference between green antifreeze and yellow antifreeze? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> The color. <laughs> Besides. It's what, manu- it's, it's what the manufacturers recommend. Every- Isn't it usually green, though? Well, it used to be. Now, oh, okay. now the, uh, pretty much everybody's switching over to, to a global... Hmm. Um, universal antifreeze or, or or the additives, the aftermarket stuff is switching over to a global universal antifreeze and the global antifreeze is yellow, which is fine. Uh, read the label is probably my best answer is if the, if the label lists it for your car. Now, that being said, lots of the European cars, uh, General Motors, Ford, uh, Toyota, and... and, and Everybody has their own antifreeze. Well, they do, okay. And, and they're all different colors. If you've noticed on my workbench, Denny, I've got eight bottles of antifreeze there, and they're all different colors for the <laughs> a rainbow. Appro- yeah, colors. for the appropriate car. But uh, so I guess the uh, my final answer would be to use the coolant antifreeze that the manufacturer recommends, yeah. and it'll be the right color if you do that. Very good. We have just time enough to get Joe's call in from Apple Valley. Joe, what is your question for Dan, please? Well, the question is, I have a 2014 Chrysler 200 convertible hardtop, and we got 8,000 miles on it. We don't drive it much, and it'll sit sometimes two or three weeks. And so far, Chrysler has put in four new batteries, and now they tell me i got to start pulling fuses out. Does that sound normal to you? No. Uh, You shouldn't have to pull fuses out. If it sits for a couple weeks would be kind of the bubble. Uh, I just left my car sit out in Colorado for two months, and it started right up. Um, everything should be shutting down, and there's a test that we can do, and so can Chrysler, to see what's uh, if something is not shutting down properly. In other words, if there's a computer or or a radio or an amplifier or a speaker or something that's stay, staying powered up when it's not supposed to, uh, there's a test that we can do. And actually, pulling fuses is part of that test. But it, but to pull fuses. Uh, I need my meter installed so I know what's actually happening. Okay. Uh, you can't just pull a fuse and then wait two weeks and see what happens. <laughs> it needs to be more efficient than that. But uh, that, you know, I can certainly measure uh, how much the car is drawing when the car is sitting, and so can Chrysler. So I guess you should ask for that and and, uh, and find out what's really going on. All right. We have to take our leave and wish you a Merry Christmas, you and Thank your family you. and all you the too. kids and grandkids. Thank you very much, Dan. And we'll talk one week from today. With Sounds show. Good. All, right. all right. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. What's that phone number at Lloyd's? It's 651-228-1316. Very good.
Thank Talk you. to you next week.